when you're thinking about your lead generation strategies, thinking about what is the outcome that you're trying to achieve and then reverse engineering that problem. So if this is what I'm selling, if this is my program, who is the ideal person that wants to join this program? You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your host for today, Samantha Riley, joined as always by my cohort in crime, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? Cohort in crime. Cohort in crime. Oh my God, my partner in crime. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, work wife. <laughs> Of course, we're just having a little bit of fun, which is exactly what we're going to have today. As always, we're going to talk about lead generation problems or essentially problems with lead magnets, also known as lead magnets that are not very magnetic and lead magnets that don't <laughs> attract leads. Well, this is, yeah, this is a thing that I think lots of people have, right? We've all no, and if you've been in business for any length of time, you've probably heard of a lead magnet. Uh, undoubtedly, at some point, you've downloaded one. Mm -hmm. And if you've been really clever, you may have reverse engineered the process that followed on from you downloading that lead magnet. Look, ultimately, we want the whole purpose of, of our lead generation funnels is to generate, I guess, sales opportunities or conversation opportunities for us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get this right, we end up with, a, not enough sales opportunities, which can introduce, obviously, other issues. <laughs> like Many, know, issues, many, as, many as, issues as cash is the oxygen for our business. Yeah, well, look, we start to get stressed. We start to make poor decisions about what it is that we're doing. And so if we can get this part of our business right, particularly, we actually have opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think this is an incredibly important part of our business. You know, preface to all of it on, I guess, the the framework that we actually have the right audience to speak to in the first place. <laughs> that's, you know, that's part of number one. If your, if your Facebook friends list is full of, you know, high school alumni and family members, you're possibly going to be in a bit of trouble. And, and Sammy and I have spoken a lot of times before about the importance of attracting the right audience in the first place. But these lead generation, I guess, problems is, is really flow on from that. If you don't have the right audience, then you won't be able to generate the leads that you want or deserve for your business. Absolutely. So that is number one that we're going to talk about today is attracting the wrong people or making, and the opposite of that, making sure that you attract the right ideal customer avatar or client avatar into your business. And I think that where the mistake is, is not really having a clear idea of what where it is that you're leading people to. So when you're thinking about your lead generation strategies, thinking about what is the outcome that you're trying to achieve and then reverse engineering that problem. So if this is what I'm selling, if this is my program, who is the ideal person that wants to join this program? Who is the, the person that's going to get the best outcome from working with me? And then reverse engineering, well, what's the problems that they have and what are the gaps that they're trying to fill. And I think that that's something that a lot of people get confused with is that they create their lead magnets sort of as the first thing. And then they end up going down this really strange path. And all of a sudden they, they get very confused and don't know where they're leading people to. 
rather than working backwards. This is my program. This is what the next step needs to be. This is what the next step needs to be. And making sure that lead magnet is in direct alignment with their program. Yeah. Sam, you touched on customer avatar there. And we, I know we've spoken about the importance of having a customer avatar before. How important is it to, you know, pull out your customer avatar or have it attached to the wall or, you know, a folder that you actually, when you're creating those lead magnets and those resources that, that offer clients value, how important is it to have that avatar you know, front and centre when you do that? I love that you've asked this question because you already know what my answer is going to be <laughs> because it is the most important thing I actually have. So sort of facing me is uh, a pin board and on it I have my ideal clients there. I have a picture of them, not an actual person. It's just pictures that I've matched to it. And I actually talk about some of the issues that they have because when you are creating content or when you're creating, you know, anything, whether it's free content or a lead magnet or, or, you know, writing a blog post, putting together a podcast episode, you need to know exactly who it is that you're speaking to. Otherwise you can get very confused talking about things that could pertain to many different people. And then when you're speaking to everyone, no one hears. So I do keep right in front of me, my ideal clients so that I can speak directly to them. It makes it easier for me when I'm creating my content because I can just look up and go, okay, today I'm speaking to that person or I'm writing to that person. And you know, it keeps me on point. How do you go about keeping your ideal client avatar top of mind, Tim? I've actually got it. Uh, I don't have a pin board for it, but I do have it actually on my on my desktop, right? So I've actually created an image that takes up my desktop. It has a bunch of things. One's my client avatar, and I've got a couple of client avatars like you, um, but also got things like my sales conversation and appointment setting scripts. Actually, as a little almost like a post-it note that actually sits on my desktop uh, that I can pull up. Love it, love it. But I think the 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 issue with attracting the right audience actually goes almost further than just the client avatar, and it's possibly probably another episode that we should do, Sam, is that we don't go deep enough into our customer avatars to really understand the pain point that they're facing and how we can fix it. Mm. So one of the things I like to do, you know, when I'm creating these lead magnets for my avatar, I've actually got a thing on my avatar that says, how will they feel when they get my lead magnet? How will they feel when they get my, you know, my solution? What is the thing they'll they'll discover from that? Love it! I really like that. Um, And it's taking it's it's not just you know male between the ages of thirty and forty five who likes technology and blah 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 blah. Actually, starts to go down into some of those emotive things as well. And if we can get that right in our lead magnet process, we do start to attract the right audience. And then the rest of the journey. Right? What is the journey this person wants to go on? Where do they want to take them to? That's actually in the avatar itself as well. I really love that because what we've got to remember is that people buy an emotion, not on logic. Getting really clear on that, I really, really like that. And one more question I wanted to ask you before we move on is how often do you go back and reflect and refine your ideal client avatar? Is it something that you've kept for a while or is it something that you go back and add to or change as time goes on? Uh, Look, it's something I probably do every 12 months. Mm -hmm. Uh, as part of my annual review process and, and go back and do that client review and say, you know, of the people we attracted, you know, who was the good ones, who were the bad ones, come back and then reflect back and say, who do, who do we work with and, and does that match the avatar? And if it doesn't match the avatar, well, hey, maybe we attracted the wrong people. Mm. If it does match the avatar, we worked out that they're not the people we wanted to work with and we grade them all and say, yep, they were, you know, one, two, three, four, five stars. 
if the person we worked with does match the avatar, but we've given them all one stars, then maybe the avatar is, is wrong and we're attracting the wrong people. Love it. Love it. Awesome. All right, number two. Giving away too much so that people think, oh, I've got the whole story here without realising that you can't actually teach someone the whole story in one lead magnet or, you know, one PDF in one audio. So the problem here is not just giving away too much, but not teasing out the problem, not showing the person, your prospect, what the gap is that they need to fill. And as experts, we know that that gap can't be filled with one simple answer. And if it can, then, you know, our services aren't worth a huge amount of money if, if we can fill something that quickly. Yeah, like I think it's a problem that I see everyone make pretty regularly. We've, we've, we're on this idea that it's almost entered in the, into the, I guess, the business vernacular in some ways that, you know, we need to sort of lead with value, give value, give value, give value. If you're giving too much value, you don't create a problem that people need to solve. And it happens for everybody. We were just talking off air, Sam, about a, a friend of ours, a, a sales trainer, um, who's getting lots of opt-ins to his lead magnet. So clearly that is attracting the people he, he's interested in talking to, but then he's not getting conversions or people raising their hand off the back of that. And that could be a couple of different issues, obviously. It could be the, the lead magnet is potentially titled the wrong way, but more likely... Mm-hmm is that he's actually giving away all the answers without either framing that this is only part of the bigger solution or he's actually just giving away, you know, everything in the kitchen sink and and people don't have a problem with which they then need help off the back of that. Absolutely. Number three, this is a big one. I see this a lot, a lot, not offering a call to action. So essentially not asking people to take the next step. Funny you should say this, a few, and I think I've told this story before on one of our previous podcasts, but a few years ago, I had a business coach approach me back when I was running my, my last business. He said, look, I've been working with a, another publication and I've, I've just done 12 months of weekly articles with this publication and it hasn't worked. So clearly that market is the wrong market for me and I'm now moving cities and I'd love to do the same thing with you. And I thought, that's awesome. I'd send over wow. some of the stuff and let's let's take a bit of a look, you know. And and the thing that I noticed very quickly about all of these articles is that none of them had the next step. Right? So 52 weeks of articles going out, but none of them said, hey, if you'd like to know more about this, come here. Or and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, buy from me today. It could be just, you know, let's go back and say, hey, if you'd like to learn more, do this, register this training, you know, follow me on Facebook. Your call to action can actually be quite a small and easy thing to achieve. In actual fact, I would agree that it needs to be something small and easy to achieve. Yeah, click here, join our group. That can be the first thing. And if we've got these little micro commitments, we find that we actually, if we can start to move our prospects from one place to another, it actually demonstrates a lot of buying intent, which is something we need to look for in our customers. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's number three, not asking for or not offering for a call to action, not asking. Number four, creating a call to action that's not aligned with the lead magnet topic. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Because I also see this one quite a lot. It's like, here's my lead magnet on how to make healthy dog food and buy my thing that is 
you know, teaching cats how to pee in the kitty litter. Like, it, it, it must match up. Yeah. Otherwise, you introduced, there's this thing about congruence. And when you're looking at sort of advertising, congruence of, of message is, is critically important because what we start to introduce when we change the message it actually starts to confuse people and they go, I don't quite know where I am right now mm. or it looks different or it sounds different or, you know, you were talking to me about dogs and now you want to talk to me about cats. Now that's fine if you have both dogs and cats and maybe the broader message is we teach you how to sort of look after your pets. But, you know, if, if someone's coming in on the dog channel and, and is interested in dogs, continue the conversation about dogs mm. because as soon as we start to change, pivot, you know, change tack, it actually sort of goes, people start to get confused. It means they don't take that next step with you. And potentially, again, you know, we come back to that wrong audience message as well, is that you've actually attracted the wrong audience mm. for the thing that you want to take them on to next. Absolutely. So go back. It, it is the same as what I, I mentioned earlier. You need to know exactly what you're selling and reverse engineer that process. And it's just leaving the next breadcrumb, leaving the next breadcrumb, leaving the next breadcrumb, and you're just slowly walking your prospect or guiding them towards what it is that they need to solve their problem. Yeah, I think it's also got to have value in it as well. And this is one that um, that we haven't sort of included, but all these sort of next steps need to offer value mm -hmm. to your clients. Something I've actually been looking at in my own strategy lately. And, and I think for everybody, we should be coming back and revisiting you know, different parts of your business to say, is it still working? Is it still delivering those results that I want to I want to deliver from it? But, you know, if, if your lead magnets of your call to actions are just what you could otherwise get from a Google search and a, and a blog post, maybe it's not valuable enough for people to take the next step as well. Mm, absolutely. So that's number four. And what's number five? Number five is not continuing the conversation. Mm. AKA switching out the lights and leaving your prospects in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, right? We know that if we look at pretty much any market, that about 3% of people are ready to buy right now. And this is typically the market that most people try and go for, right? We either don't nurture or we just go, hey, buy from me today. And then if you're not ready to buy, see you later. The reality is that the other 97% of people, and even quite a few of the 3%, it's not that they're not going to buy from you. It's that they're not going to buy from you today. Yet. Absolutely. Okay? Right? They've got other priorities. They've got other things on their plate. You know, when you they came into the office that morning and said, what do I need to achieve today? The thing that you solve wasn't that thing that they wrote on their whiteboard. Mm. And, it, and it might be just that they don't know you enough. They haven't built enough know, like, and trust. They may have just stumbled across you through a friend or through scrolling on social media or through a referral. And, you know, just think about your um, experience. You generally don't buy from people that you have that haven't, you know, you don't know or you don't like or trust yet. So it's the same for your prospects. They need to hear a little bit more about you and learn a little bit more about what you do and the way you do it, what you stand for, you know, all of those things that we want to know. Just think your prospects want to know the same things about you. Yeah, and they might even meet all oh, that looks interesting. Who are those people? You know, let me find out more. But again, if we don't continue the conversation with them, we never give them that chance to find out. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just go back through those five tips. Number one, attracting the wrong people into your network or to your audience. Number two, giving away too much and not teasing out the problem. So your prospect understands that they've got a big problem that needs to be solved. Number three, not offering a call to action or not asking for your prospect to take the next step. Number four, call to action not aligned with your lead magnet topic, which introduces confusion. Number five, not continuing the conversation. Now, obviously, there may be more, but start with those ones and uh, go back and review your lead process, your lead generation process. Um, if you're ticking some of those boxes, then you've got an opportunity to, to fix things up and hopefully that'll start to fill your pipeline, just removing those little blockages that might stop you from, from generating the opportunities that we know you deserve. Absolutely. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who may be wanting to fix up their lead generation strategies. Share the episode or head over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and join the conversation there with a host of other entrepreneurs and business owners who are also building, growing and scaling their business too. Thank you, Tim, for joining us for today's episode. Thank you, Sam. And thank you for listening. It's great to chat. Ciao, ciao. Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.